Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with his dear, dear friend, Sheck. Dave Damashek and Hill producer Jim Cunningham. Jim, I'll put you second to check. I, I want to get the week going on the right note. You know, Dave, I don't want to piss anyone off because we have Kurt Warner coming up. Exciting way to kick off the week. It's exciting. It's, uh, it's a sour way to start the week. If you saw on Sunday night, the Oscars, I mean, come on. We, we turned our nose up at Black Panther in favor uh, of, uh, well, what's his name? Yeah, I mean, come on. That, I, I am not just being, uh, you know, uh, sentimental about it. I lost money on this stupid. I, I mean, if there's anything like why a, a lock of all locks is Chad Bozeman, ten dollars to win a dollar. I did it for many multiples of ten dollars to win a dollar. Let's just put it that way. I didn't even check. I was like looking down. I was doing work. I was working on an outline for this show, and then I hear. Tony Hopkins wins. Uh, great. I got, you know, I get it. His portrayal, what, whatever he did, I, I don't even care. How do you nominate Chadwick Boseman and then not give him the award? This icon, what are they doing? What, what is that even? I can't it, believe it. it. It's bizarre. And, uh, you know, listen, I'll pull the curtain back. I have no idea what movie, uh, as you call him, Tony. Yes. Uh, Hopkins pull the damage there. there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but Tony Hopkins, I, I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you because I saw, I think I saw one of the movies that was nominated and it happened to win Nomadland, which was a remarkable picture if you saw it because of the performances in it. I'm right. sorry, I don't want to distract from that. Those people should have been nominated too. These actual nomads delivered those performances and then didn't get nominated. Strange. But anyhow, yes, I don't want to divert from the main issue here. Ugh. How did they not give it the... Can I call him Chad Bozeman? But uh, yeah. yeah, the... Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. That was a disgrace that you didn't get an Oscar. I mean, even Anthony Hopkins was shocked. He didn't go. Like, yes. the, the fact that the, the the way they called it, too, it's like they were going to be pelted with uh, tomatoes. Anyway, they're going to win her as uh, Anthony Hopkins, who also accepting for Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I don't even know who's it. Anyway, we'll see you next year. They're, they're, that's how they end the telecast, basically. And Anthony Hopkins, not there. Obviously, Chadwick Boseman, not there. So give it to Chadwick Boseman. Why nominate him? Who cares about the movies? I guess he was great in The Father, Anthony Hopkins, right? Uh, I wouldn't know. One more slap in the face to the family. Like, they have to grieve one more time. Like, oh, isn't this nice? Chadwick's going to win an award. Okay, let's all tune in. No. Oh, no, they just nominated him. That's it. (laughs) Sat through three-hour snooze, four-hour snooze fest, whatever that, however long it ran. Really yeah. bad, really bad. Uh, it was it was unusual. The one thing was that it occurred to me that uh, uh, that the Oscars decided to to avoid any sort of Jimmy Kimmel, um, Warren Beatty type incident. That I liked that they would actually when they would open the card, sometimes they would shoot straight. Like right. there's no mistaking what who won this one because we're not cheating black here. And white yeah. Right there. Yeah, exactly. It could have used three or four Warren Beatty, uh, Jimmy Kimmel moments in there at least. Uh, yeah, so that's bad. So now I have to make that money back. And here's how I'm going to do it, Dave. Ooh. FanDuel Sportsbook. Yes, the 2021 draft is right around the corner. Kurt Warner is going to talk to us about that. And FanDuel Sportsbook hooking new users up with 20 to 1 odds on Trevor Lawrence to be drafted number one. Now, Dave, I don't know if you've uh, checked the, the wire, but... Trevor Lawrence has been projected to be number one for about six and a half years now. And yeah. they're giving 20 to one odds, FanDuel is. $5 bet gets you 100 bucks when you bet on the projected number one pick. The biggest lock of the draft. Put an extra $100 in your pocket. Well, that'll be nice. I'll get some of the uh, Chadwick Boseman money back. To claim this exclusive offer, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code EXTRAPOINTS. You can also make a variety of different bets from top picks at each position, who you think your team will pick, and many more. I'm going, we're going to discuss this later, but I like Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, over 11 and a half. Yes, he will go 12 Mm. or higher, I think. Undersized, look at the wide receivers. They only go 12 or higher anyway, uh, let alone the 165-pounders. That's what I'm going with. Put on your GM hat, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to lock in your picks today. Remember to use promo code EXTRAPOINTS. Claim your exclusive 20 to 1 odds on Trevor Lawrence to be drafted number one. Let's give the fans a pick here, Dave. Um, you're going to hate mine because it's cockeyed logic. It really is. I'm going to Tampa Bay Rays at plus 102 over the Oakland A's. 
Rays, okay. Why are, is this a pick'em game? The Rays are one in five their last six home games. They had five hits yesterday. They're batting 227. Rich Hill is on the mound. He has like an eight or nine ERA, whereas Sean Manea has pitched well this season, coming off a, a complete game shutout. A's snapped the 13-game winning streak, losing yesterday. It doesn't make sense that this is a pick'em game. The A's are vastly better, have been playing better, and yet I think they go back to their losing ways. I think this is a fishy, fishy line, and I'm taking the Rays plus 102. What do you think? I like it. I'm going to go um, with the NHL, of course, since we've had a fair amount of success in that space of late and as we come down the wire here in the regular season. Seeding is... Really, really important in three out of the four divisions. In the East, I don't think it's as important because all four teams are good and how you draw, which team you draw is going to be a nightmare no matter which team you draw there. Conversely, out in the West, you've got a really good Avs team, a team that a lot of people are still picking to win the Stanley Cup. And I think if forced to choose, I might make them my number one Mm. seed to, to win the whole thing. However, they're looking up at the Vegas Knights right now in the standing, and that is not a small matter because whoever wins that division catches the Coyotes, a fine story, or maybe the St. Louis Blues who are fighting for their playoff lives right now themselves. Um, The Avs are playing the Blues. The Avs have uh, had the better of the Blues like they have most teams this year, but they're incented to win here. While the Blues are scratching and clawing to get into the mix, the Avs, have their eye on the prize, the Golden Knights. So they're incented to win. Take Colorado minus 110 to win the 60-minute total, which is to say no overtime. This is your 60-minute no overtime total. The Avs with Nathan McKinnon, who's Dynamite, uh, and the rest of the team on down. Bet on the Avs. Bet on uh, pedigree from here You're betting the three, uh, yes, uh, the three-way line there. No overtime. Avs have to win in regulation. Avs are favored to win the Stanley Cup on FanDuel 4-1 odds. You mentioned Vegas Knights, even though they're ahead of plus 750 and the Lightning. Not the Tampa Bay I'm betting today, but plus 650. They're right in the middle. I can't wait to see because I, I know we don't need hockey talk. We'll have a week for that. Uh, we'll have uh, weeks for that afterwards. But man, it's really going to be fascinating to see how the teams, whoever survives the toughest division, fares once right. the other teams. I agree. Uh, That'll be serve. fascinating. What we're watching, this puck purgatory we're in, that this, this is not fascinating. We can move. Yeah, I, listen, I'll tell you this. Looking, People agree May with you 19th, more than they do. My God, me. Dave. Four months, four, we were still four weeks away. May 19th is the last regular season game. My my favorite NHL season in many, many, many moons, Cousin Sal. I know, but I I'm tell telling you. you, you're setting yourself up because I believe the Pens have the best home record. I believe they're 20 and 10. Does that sound right that I, they're 20 I, and 10? I'm glad you brought that up because it it is like you you assume, does the crowd, does the cheering crowd have anything to do with why grown men are impacted by home or away when the surface of the playing know. field is the same it makes no sense but it i think it kind of blows up your theory as we look at uh, the best bets going into the postseason like do you bet the home team there is something weird about the comforts of home that impact professional athletes well let me just are- interrupt you because uh first kurt wanders in the waiting room and secondly okay. i was way off 23 and 2 20 20- the number three and the number two for the Penguins at home, which is going to suck even worse when they drop the first two and whatever dumb team they play in the first round. Well, the greatest show on turf benefited from having a dome over their head versus being out in frigid temps somewhere in Chicago or Green Bay. That makes some sense. A covered uh, arena? Why would guys perform better under one dome than they do the other? The dimensions of the field are the same. They won't. In five weeks, they won't. Uh, Let's bring them on right now. All right. All right, here he is, our guest today. He went from an essential worker to an essential piece of the greatest show on turf, the St. Louis Rams. Yes, he's a Super Bowl MVP, a Pro Football Hall of Famer, and you can watch him and the rest of the NFL Network crew cover the 2021 NFL Draft in Cleveland starting Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Kurt Warner is here. What's happening, Kurt? What's going on, guys? Uh, I'm excited about the draft, as uh, as I'm sure you guys are, and it's uh, it's going to be fun. A lot of quarterbacks in the mix, so... That to me uh, makes it makes it a fun evening. I do want to ask you. I, I feel like there's been so much anticipation um, for this NFL draft. I, 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 I'm almost sick of talking about it. But I'm going to ask you, like we asked Matt Leinert last week, do you? How do you feel about talking about the draft with 
people who have not played football. Because <laughs> I imagine you look at it through a different lens and you're like, all right, dude, I'm never going to be able to explain this to you, a regular idiot like uh, me or Dave. But does it bother you? Would you like to be done with it? Or uh, do you, are you inspired by it? Do you like to teach lessons? I mean, I love to teach and I love to teach the game. But the thing when it comes to the draft is that it's so speculative. And that's the thing that, you know, I love talking about Sunday afternoons and I love talking about what I'm seeing and being able to teach off of what I see. So much of this is just speculative. Hey, this yeah. guy was great in college. Um, he's going to be great in the pros. We have no idea. I've seen so many guys that were great in college. I mean, great college players that come to the NFL and they never get any better and they never can really excel at that level in the NFL. And then we've seen the opposite guys that have been okay in college that come to the NFL and for whatever reason they grow and they become special and they continue to improve their craft. Um, and so that, that's the thing to me that's so hard about it is that we can throw around all these reasons why I like this guy better than that guy and, and why this guy is going to be a better pro, but we really have no idea at the end of the day. And that's the thing that's kind of frustrating because you have so many conversations yes. and then people will hang on every word like, oh, Kurt said this guy was number two, so he should be the second best quarterback in this class 10 years from now. Mm. I don't buy into all that. I want to see these guys on the next level. But I understand it's a necessary evil, and we're all excited about it. We all want to see, and we all have to project to some degree. But that, to me, is where it gets really hard when you're talking about college to pro because when you've played the game, you understand the kind of jump it is from one level to the next, um, and there are no sure things. Uh, there are no guarantees that somebody's going to be able to be what they were in college at the NFL level. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the really hard part of the process. All right, Dave, I think he's telling us to shut our mouths and let the pros take over, but which I'm fine with at this point. No, I listen, I agree with Kurt. But listen, different guys have different journeys. Some guys go to directional schools in the Midwest, and then they uh, <laughs> spend a little bit of time playing in a helmet with goggles painted onto the top of the helmet before they even make it to the NFL. So, Kurt... Let, let's just cut through all the jive then, because everybody with the, the high arithmetic of Mac Jones in this system versus what Trey Lance can be, just with your eyeballs, who pleases your, you the most at, at QB? Which is the guy, if Kurt Warner starting a pro football team, who's the quarterback you want to draft here? Uh, I mean, I'm probably going like most people with Trevor Lawrence. Just because... I'm sorry. Let's get by Trevor Lawrence. Let's okay. get Trevor right. Lawrence since he's assumed number one. Right? Okay. Sorry. Are we going by Zach Wilson since everybody's assuming two? Are we going right to San Francisco? Where do you want to go? No, no. You know what? I don't think it. he's a. I, don't, I yeah. think the assumption that Zach Wilson has to be the guy, and we all have to sign off on that, is yeah. a little aggressive in my opinion. But okay, yeah. Let's but let's include uh, Zach Wilson in the mix here. Okay. Um. You know, the funny thing is, is I'm probably going to go with Zach Wilson, number two. And, you know, here's the, the funny part that we talk about the draft is that, you know, I'm never going to look at, you know, another guy that played and, you know, went to the NFL. I heard a lot of people talk about Dwayne Haskins and, um, and Justin Fields. Well, they went to the same college and they had similar success. And then one didn't do very well, you know, early on in his NFL career. So should we knock the other one because of it? I, I'm never a guy that's going to look at the negative of one guy and somehow place it on another guy. But by the same token, you know, when I watch Zach Wilson play, he reminds me a lot when I watched Patrick Mahomes play in college of what Patrick Mahomes was capable of doing physically. And so I watch Zach Wilson and I say, man, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, Patrick Mahomes in regards to how he plays the position, the athleticism by which he plays and throws the football, his creativity with the football and how easy it is for him to make different kinds of throws. So when I say I don't put any negatives on somebody else, I think I've put some positives on Zach Wilson because when I watch Patrick Mahomes play, I'm like, I'm not sure how much of this is going to translate. And, and, you know, his technique's not always perfect. And, and sometimes he looks like he's just looking at a guy and just making a great throw. And I'm not sure how that's going to translate. And then obviously we know, fast forward a few years, and Patrick Mahomes is the best player in our league. And you start to see that it's way beyond the physical with Patrick Mahomes. So when I watch Zach Wilson, I say, well, a lot of those same things I saw on tape with Patrick Mahomes, it looks like Zach Wilson. So I think I project a little bit onto Zach Wilson to say, hey, 
But if he can have a little of that Patrick Mahomes, this guy can be special. Now, I have no idea because I never sat down in a room. I never talked to this guy. I don't really know. But I, I, I'm so intrigued by how he plays the game athletically. And, and uh, you know, just to verify with you guys, to me, athletically isn't how fast you run a 40 or, or how big your body is, if you can run the zone read. It's how you can play the position uh, in different ways and your creativity to understand different kinds of throws. Can you make multiple different kinds of throws in, in different scenarios? And I think Zach Wilson plays the game as athletically as any of these five top five quarterbacks in this draft. And so if, if there's just a little bit of that mental creativity that Patrick Mahomes has, I believe Zach Wilson has a chance to be really, really good uh, and, and possibly special because of his skill set. Um, and so that's probably where I go at the number two spot. Um, you know, you have Mac Jones, which, which I really like, um, but I, I wonder about his athleticism and uh, you know, how talented he truly is with his right arm and can he carry a team? Uh, Trey Lance, love Trey Lance. He's uh, as complete as any of these guys when you look at the big picture and everything that he could be capable of doing, but I think he's got the farthest to go. So the other guy on my list would probably be a Justin Fields, uh, would be up there at that number two spot just because of what I've seen him do uh, for a couple of years, the level that he played at, the things that, uh, that he's capable of doing, uh, you know, the athleticism, the right arm that he's got. I mean, all of those things would probably, if I was picking at the number two spot, I would go between those two guys and probably lean towards Zach Wilson. And again, I think it's more about my imagination and what I believe the possibilities are, maybe more so than what I've actually seen uh, all of these guys do at the college level. So practically speaking, I mean, brought about you brought up speculation, and that's all we could do with the 49ers. We don't know. That's supposed to be the, the that's going to be the wild card spot because pretty much locked into as far as we know, Trevor Lawrence to uh, the Jags, and then um, Wilson to the Jets. So if you're third, do you think the 49ers traded up with one quarterback in mind or one of three quarterbacks in mind? So Lawrence almost definitely not going to be there. Wilson probably not going to be there, and then we will take either. Fields or Jones or uh, Lance. And it's looking like there was a report this morning that they've backed off Fields or that Fields is out of the run. I don't know what happened this weekend. Did he, they didn't like the way he failed, uh, filled out his Oscar pool. I'm not sure why, what would happen over the last two days. Or do you think that's all nonsense and they had a guy in mind? I, I believe you have a guy in mind. Um, you, now, if you're not sure about who's going one and two, mm -hmm. uh, I think you have to make sure that you like those two guys as well and the guy that maybe you're moving up for. So if you say, hey, we could go with Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, or whoever number three is, you make this move. If you're not sold on three guys, I think that's a tough move to make unless you're sure your guy is going to be sitting there at number three. Um, but this is a fascinating one for me, too, because I, I think you look at both sides of this. And the first thing is you look at Mac Jones because there's been a lot of speculation that He's the perfect fit for um, Kyle Shanahan's system and, and all of that sort of stuff. But when I look at Mac Jones, I say to myself, okay, you've already got Jimmy G. What is it that Mac Jones gives you that Jimmy G does not give you? Is there something that you're sold on that Mac Jones, okay, maybe he's smarter. Maybe he processes information better. Do you believe that over a guy that's won a lot of football games and taken you to a Super Bowl? Um, but you have to believe that there's something Mac Jones has over Jimmy G. I just don't know what that is right at this moment. Now, we could just say, well, Jimmy G can't stay healthy, so we've got to get another guy that we feel plays the game similarly or plays the game the way we want to, so we've got to go up and get somebody else because Jimmy G's not healthy. Okay, I could buy that if that's, if that's your argument, and now we've got Mac Jones. Or do you take the theory that, hey, we've got Jimmy G, we need to go and get somebody that's different, somebody that gives us something yeah. extra, something special that Jimmy G doesn't have. And that's where you start falling into the Trey Lance or Justin Fields camp and go, well, those guys, obviously, from an athletic standpoint and, and what they can do and maybe, you know, adding some things to your offense because of their athleticism, um, maybe they give you, you know, that, that swing to go, okay, we got Jimmy G and Jimmy G did well for us, but we need something more from our quarterback position. 
So that's what I don't know is like, what is the factor that said, hey, you know, we got Jimmy G, but we want to go a different route. You know, is it solely just, you know, the, the injuries and the fact that he's not healthy and, and Mac Jones, I believe, processes information better than anybody in this draft. And so mm-hmm. from that standpoint, if that's what you think your team needs, because Kyle will design a lot of good plays, then you go get Mac Jones. My question simply is, okay, when Kyle doesn't design the perfect plays, does Mac Jones have the physical ability to carry a team with his right arm? I'm not sure. You know, I, I likened him to, I likened him to myself uh, because he plays the game very much like I played the game. But I felt like I had the ability physically to carry a team with my right arm. That I, I you know, I could lift the team and we could throw 35 or 40 times and I could win games that way. Now, another guy like that is Andy Dalton. I love Andy Dalton, and I love the way he plays, and he's won a lot of games, and he's gone to the playoffs numerous times, but I believe he is limited physically and will never carry a team with his right arm to that championship-type level. So I look at Mac Jones, and I go, okay, is Mac Jones more Kurt Warner, or is he more Andy Dalton? Because that, to me, is the mold of Mac Jones, and that's going to determine, I think, what kind of career he has. And Mm -hmm. so – that's if you're taking him at number three, I think the 49ers have to believe that he's got physical ability that can transcend and carry a team. And I'm just not sure on that yet. That's something that I haven't seen with him not playing under pressure that much at Alabama and, you know, right. not in those kind of situations. I'm not sure. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by the pick like everyone else. I'm yeah. interested to hear after it's over. Why did you do this? You know, do you go get a Trey Lance, who I believe could ultimately be the best quarterback in this draft? He's got work to do and he's got to grow. But when you look at the physical and then what you see him do mentally, he's got the whole package. But I believe he needs some time. So do you go and make this move saying, hey, we got Jimmy G for another year or so. Trey Lance can come along and sit on the bench and learn from Jimmy G and we can teach him for a year before he has to take over which makes sense to me as well, is that we got a team that can win now. We can win with Jimmy G. We know that. But we believe Trey Lance could be the pick of the litter when it's all said and done. Let's go that route. And then I believe you have, you know, Justin Fields, who's right in between those. He's shown a lot more than Trey Lance. He's got the athleticism, um, you know, more so than, than Mac Jones. Maybe he's the perfect piece. But you guys know, you guys have been following it. There's yeah. a lot of speculation on people liking or not liking him and, and what he can do and what he can't do. And then, uh, you know, then you have the, the you know, physical meaning that, you know, the physical examination and the epilepsy and that whole thing that came out. I don't know what that means for any of this. So, um, so I, I could see any one of those three guys going number three. And ultimately I believe it's coming down to what the 49ers said. Why do we have to go up and make this move? What is the key component here? And that will be decided as soon as we hear the pick um, on Thursday night. Yeah. Yours is the ultimate rags to riches story, right? Like, and I know you'll say, oh, everyone bagged groceries at some point, but not so close to when you hit big time, right? Like you were bagging groceries and then you're in the NFL. By the way, should scouts be checking out the local Whole Foods and not waste (laughs) their time so much in SEC stadiums? I mean- I know there's a, a clerk at our Whole Foods. Her name is Agnes, and she, she goes around <laughs> 240. She seems pretty agile. Or is that just a waste of time going through the grocery I, I mean, store? I, why not? I mean, you know, yeah. you, you got to go get your groceries anyways. Just swing by there and <laughs> see what kind of arm Agnes has. You, you, you never know. Never know. Can I? Is that, though? But for real, shouldn't you, though, Kurt, be sort of the QB whisperer in that regard. Snobs like David Carr are all about high pedigree and the measurables, like, oh, strong arm can throw out everything else. It's more nuanced where Kurt Warner is concerned in your pro football career. Isn't it like that Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme that everybody sees all the time? Shouldn't you on some level be able to divine, yeah, this guy who's going to go in the fourth round, I see in him myself, obviously the high end guys, but can you look at Kellen Mond or somebody who's going to slide and be like, I see something special, kind of like what they missed in me. You you know, Dave, I I wish, and and I think any, everybody wishes they could do that is kind of speculate and and see something that's different. The bottom line for me is that 
um, and, and for guys like me, you know, the guys that weren't the most athletic, that didn't have the strongest arm, where I won and where I was a difference maker was with my mind and my ability to process information and do the right thing in those situations. Um, and especially, you know, the more pressure there was, the better I seemed to play. And that's the thing that we're never going to know. And it's why it's such an inexact science with the quarterback position, because ultimately at the end of the day, it is going to come down to what you can do mentally more than what you can do physically. I, I always believe that. I, I think it still transcends everything, even though everybody's saying, well, the NFL is becoming an athletic quarterback league. And it's all about having to be able to, to do this and do that and check this athletic box and, and check that athletic box. But bottom line is every year that I watch, when we get into the playoffs, the quarterbacks that can truly separate themselves mentally see things, make the layups, get the ball out of their hands, be accurate and consistent with the football are the ones that are always pushing towards championships. And so I believe that will always transcend. Now, if you can get all the pieces together, great. Now you can build a perfect quarterback. But if you can do the things that I was able to do, I believe you can have success in this NFL, just like you could 20 years ago and 40 years ago and, and so on and so forth. But that's the hard thing is as we say, the game gets faster. The game gets more complex at the NFL level as you play against the best players in the world. And there is no test to be able to know if this guy can do it at the next level. We can pinpoint, just like you said, all of us analysts, we look through a certain lens and yeah. we can pull out things that we like or things that, that were like us or you know things that we believe can translate to the next level. But at the end of the day, I can put you on a board, Dave, and you can be a, you know, a whiz on the board and tell me everything I want to know about this play and this coverage and yes. what the read is. <laughs> but now can you do it in three seconds where guys are chasing after you and things are moving um, as soon as the ball's hit? Can you do that? And if you can <laughs> yes. show me a test that can tell me if a guy can do that, I'll show you who can succeed at the next level. Problem is none of us know that. I don't know that when That's I right. watch all these guys and I can pull for the guys that are you know, lower on the totem pole or not getting much love or working in a grocery store. But I can't tell you which ones are going to be able to translate that to the next level. And that's why every year, 50% of the guys are successful and 50% of the guys aren't because mm -hmm. they can't make that transition. Um, and nobody's figured out a test to be able to, uh, you know, to, to show us how, how that works when you go from one level to the next. I know we have 30 seconds with you left. You brought up the grocery store. I guess I brought up the grocery store, but I don't know if you know this. You signed, allegedly signed a grocery bag that says High V to Hall. Maybe you signed many of these. Um, one of them's going on eBay. I'm going to put the over under $189. Do you say over or under they're trying to fetch for this signed grocery bag? Well, let's go over. I mean, you know, nobody's gone from Hall of Fame or from High V to the Hall of Fame before. So, Let's push the envelope. But I don't know what they're. Hopefully, it's for charity, so we can raise a lot more money than that. But yeah, that, that's the coolest thing about my journey is that no one else will ever have my journey. So <laughs> it's one of a kind. Uh, I got a movie coming out at the end of the year about the story, and those are the things that uh, really resonate and are cool to me, especially around this time of year when everybody wants to be the number one draft pick. That there's many ways to get to the mountaintop, and so hopefully it fetches a little bit more than 189 dollars. Well, you're exactly in this case. The the uh, the seller wants 249.99. So over is right. You're really All good right. at this. Nice Let's job, go. Kurt. Let's go. <laughs> and I it may not be the top of the mountain, but I don't care what David Carr says. You <laughs> definitely made it into the top 12 quarterbacks of the Super Bowl era in this guy's book. Forget what Carr. Yeah, <laughs> he's just jealous. I don't know what David's talking about most of the time. I know. You know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can watch Kurt Warner and the rest of the NFL Network crew. They're covering the 2021 NFL Draft. Cleveland, Thursday night. We're going to do this 8 p.m. Eastern. Follow him on Twitter, at Kurt13 Warner, and buy his bag. You could do it. From high <laughs> to Hall, $249.99 on eBay. Kurt, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Oh, you got it, guys. Uh, have, have fun with all of this, as I know you guys will. Good times. All right. Enjoy Kurt the Warner. week, 13. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care, bud. See you guys. All right. Kurt Warner. 
a fascinating trajectory if there ever was one. And again, yeah, like how do you make sense of that, Sal? It's it's what Michael Irvin told us just last week, a few days ago. And go back and listen to that episode if you missed it, because it was really mm-hmm. gangbuster stuff. If you're a Cowboys fan of a certain era, or in fact a Cowboys fan of any era, yeah. you'll enjoy it. But also his thought process of what makes somebody work in, at the pro level versus not. It's really fascinating how elusive the confidence is. And you can hear it in 13's voice, huh? Like, I think like, he's being nice. I, th- I, I think they, you know, you know, right. I mean, how much, how much would you hate talking to civilians about the draft? I mean, Matt line, was <laughs> more honest maybe than he should have been. He's like, yeah, I can't stand talking about football in general with people who didn't play. I was like, Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know how long this is going to go, but no, but uh, I, I don't know. But uh, he, he does a great job at least pretending that uh, he enjoys it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I, I go back and forth between that. So like, wait, so if I've never served in the U.S. Senate, I shouldn't get the vote because I didn't do it. So I don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, like as an outsider, I would no, take I'm that. No, I'm saying, right. No, I get too. it from that yeah. perspective. Like right. if you start applying that, if you're a professional athlete, like you, uh, your, your opinion has no merit. Like, all right, you're only going to be talking about four people then, right? I'm I mean, with you. Yeah. I, I, I guess I'd be that way too. I'd be, I'd be that way. Too. That's like, what I'm saying. Know. I would be that way, looking out from the inside, sure. uh, and out from. And, uh, I, would, I would, I would, say, hey, why can't I? I should be able to. Billy Joel could write a song about Vietnam. Well, did we? It can only be Vietnam vets that uh, that writes up, right? I, I don't know. Uh, can you, we just jump way. to the end of the novel though, Sal? Because I didn't tell you. Yes. I, I, I told uh, our mutual pal Hench this on minus three. Mm-hmm. A couple of days ago, but really you are the number one factor in making this the case. And now it feels like a lot of sports media is jumping on at number three, mm-hmm. the San Francisco 49ers select Trey Lance. Yes, that's the that's the bet. It's the smart bet. You you floated it a month ago. I, I couldn't decide. I did decide within the past week. You are correct. It is going to be Trey Lance, and it's starting to feel like there's momentum in that direction, right? Well, odds-wise, if you look at Fandle, there's momentum to Jones. It's still Jones's uh, pick right there, up to minus 250. You and I, yes, we like Trey Lance there. Um, What's it at now? Last number. I saw it was plus 190. It had gone from plus... Uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's 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 dropping fast. That's yeah, he's doing. plus 195, and plus Fields is up to plus 650 for that third overall pick with the news whatever news is and as a matter of fact this is crazy fields over on their draft pick is eight and a half now so he's really dropping to i think he ends up with denver based on nothing uh i think he ends up with denver but i think trey lance is good value i could see that's why they traded up for a trey lance type at plus 195 everyone could scream about mac jones but i i i, I think it's trey lance i'm sticking let's stick with it why not um, yeah, somebody said on social media, and it's a great point, this, this thing about that's out there, Kyle Shanahan will go to war with Mullins just as quickly as he would, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, like it doesn't matter to him. It's his scheme that uh, makes mm-hmm. a difference. And somebody pushed back with, then why did he just trade up to number three? If that's the case, that's right. a, that, which is a great point. It is not to try to replicate, get a younger version of Kirk Cousins. I refuse to believe that. And Mac Jones is much more likely to wind up being Kirk Cousins than he is Tom Brady. You really have to be delusional to assume you're about to draft the next Tom Brady um, in terms of success. But it's not he's not trading up to try to replicate that. He's, he's, he's trying to replicate Patrick Mahomes. Ergo, Trey Lance. Well, here's another way you could bet this. If you don't think Mac Jones is going in that third slot, you bet over three and a half on FanDuel, and it's plus 205. Go. So then... There. Then you don't get screwed if San Francisco takes Fields or Lance at three. Perfect. Am I figuring Love this it. out? That's there it is. See, savvy Sal. That's a pretty good one. Oh, there's a lot of the, you, you got to do a lot of zigzagging here to find your your best uh, and most ideal number. But then Trey Lance, I wouldn't touch this, but over six and a half is plus one eighty four. So that is saying that oh man, no, somebody so much going somebody on. will like if if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Then Denver I, I, would I, have to be out on him. Somebody, and, somebody, I almost certainly is going to trade into that slot for fear that New England might try to jump them. Right. the The pressure of of Belichick maybe trying to vault past some of these teams into into spot number four mm-hmm. or since he's five. I mean, I feel like if you're the Broncos, you kind of maybe are going to. I I feel like they're in a sweet spot, like you say that there's a chance that 
They might have their choice between if you believe that that it could be Fields or Lance uh, for the Broncos, but more likely than not, the way it's starting to shake out, I feel like they're going to have to jump up. But again, if they get Justin Fields, if the Broncos 2021 get Justin Fields, I wouldn't be surprised if they're a playoff team too, given the gaggle of uh, weapons that they have. You know what? I bet them every year, Dave. Every year, I bet the Broncos wins over and a flyer on them to win the division. I do the same with the Falcons, and it looks good for about four weeks, and then it just all goes to shit. So, uh, yeah, however you want it, that's that's how it's going to go for Denver. Um, I want to talk about first running back drafted because your team, the Steelers, Mm -hmm. are all the talk about taking a running back in the first round, which is uh, not recommended for the most part, I think, but... Najee Harris, 28 and a half. That's his over-under in the draft. And uh, Travis Etienne, 32 and a half. So I like betting Etienne out of the first round. That a running back is taken in the first round. A yes is minus 270. A no, if you think these these teams hold off, is two to one odds. What do you think? Do the Steelers pull the trigger on this? Well, it's funny that... The the world at large, for whatever reason, in our Lord's year 2021, have finally kind of uh, there's enough momentum that everybody accepts the idea that it's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. And now everybody who thinks that they're uh, really savvy is saying, you know, all the civilians, as we talk about ourselves included, like, you know what the savvy move is trade back because then it gives you more picks to because it's such a crapshoot. And that's the what people are talking about with Pittsburgh. I think it's now gone too far. I, I, I've been big on don't use a first round draft pick on a running back mm-hmm. with very few exceptions. I kind of am now going the other way on it. People are getting a little extreme about it. It was not a mistake for the Cowboys to draft Zeke Elliott. It was not a mistake for the Jags to draft Leonard Fournette. The right. mistake was trying to replicate the success they had with rookie Fournette by running it back with Blake Bortles the second season. There, I, I can pick apart all these. There's no evidence that using a first-round pick on a running back doesn't work out. It doesn't have long-term success is the point. But who cares anymore? This 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 stinking 1987 thinking about like, well, you draft this guy, you need him to last for the next decade. That's just not the way it works anymore. If you get four or five good years out of a running back and he performs at a first-grade level, first-round level, then that's a successful draft pick. Ergo, I'm going against the grain. I think the Steelers, unless there's a really high-end tackle still sitting there, that they should take Najee Harris out Mm. of Alabama. That'd be fun. That's my number one pick. Well, that'd be great. So you would take him under 28 and a half, correct? Where are your Steelers? Yes. Yep. I mean, unless you have some uh, crystal ball that indicates how far they're going to drop if they do trade back, how far back they go. You can only go so far back. It's the, there's a big three there. It's uh, also Javante Williams of UNC. Those are the big three running right. backs. A couple of UNC backs. Yeah, I, here, here's the thing. You, I would like to see, I've not seen this, the percentage of busts, and I, that that's just a, that's maybe too strong, by position. Because in the first round, let's say. So, I don't know. What's quarterback? I, I, I wouldn't even say, but I, how would we rank this? I don't want to say... Did they make a Pro Bowl? I don't want that to be the standard because that's a little too high. Um, although some people think you never have to make a Pro Bowl and you can make the Hall of Fame. So who the hell knows what I'm talking about? But uh, why? I why think, is it? Uh, <laughs> I uh, well, I, I think it's about the same for every position, wouldn't you say? Is Here's the problem with running backs more than more than quarterbacks, as a for instance, is the rate of injury. Yes, you know, their, their career, Bartley, their length, their uh, expectancy isn't. But I also like in an age in which Josh Rosen can get drafted in the first round and then the next year Mm -hmm. now Kyler Murray can get drafted by the same team. All bets are off. This window thing of like, ah, 10 years, these assumed like 15 years or whatever. That's I get it that if you're a a franchise and you draft a QB, maybe that is your your train of thought. Like we landed our guy and we're set for the next decade and a half. But it, it it. if you're the if you're the New York Giants and you're as far away as they were in 2018, Saquon Barkley does not make sense. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, you, we can debate like how far they are from a Super Bowl, but they're not that far off that Najee Harris makes some sense there. They're relatively close in terms of roster to being a really competitive team. And I think you don't look at what the it's a ridiculous idea if you're the Giants, if you're the Browns taking Trent Richardson, then it's a mistake. If you're the Cowboys drafting Zeke Elliott, if you're the Patriots drafting Sony Michelle, if you're the Steelers drafting Najee Harris, I don't think it's cuckoo to do right. that. Um, 
I'm reading this morning. I don't know if it's just because Peter King put out the hypothetical or not, but they're talking about Julio Jones potentially being traded in that four spot from Atlanta to to get higher to three. I don't know what they're talking about. Julio Jones is in discussions, trade Hmm. discussions, maybe, or maybe it's just Peter King. But now this is like, whereas two, three months ago, we felt bad for Deshaun Watson the most. I think, all right, get him out of Houston no matter what. Now there are some things that have gone down where we pretty much are not feeling bad for him, I don't think, anymore. This is the guy now, Julio Jones, if they trade him at 32 years old, it's like, wow, what what, is, what does he have to do? First of all, the guy made one of the greatest Super Bowl catches of all time that just goes by the wayside because his team blew a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl, his defense, to the Patriots. And now this, like, my God, I don't know, maybe he would go to a better situation, but... Do you trade Julio Jones at this point in his career? If you're the Falcons, I don't see really outside of like loyalty and marketing that you don't want to trade away one of the great wide receivers in the Super Bowl era. It's it's kind of a bad look to your fan base. What are they getting excited about at this point? And then you trade away their superstar mm-hmm. guy. And I mean, talk about peer respect. Those uh, pro football players, they swoon over certain guys and they go crazy over Julio Jones, how good he is. It's like, Oh, yeah, he's a, he is great, but, you know, Keenan Allen and Antonio Brown are ultimately more productive, right? New copies, yeah. too. Like, aren't they ultimately better football players, even though they're not, they're not the same, uh, you know, uh, same pedigree? I mean, he's questionable yeah. every Friday. Every single Friday he's questionable and, and plays, you know. But I also am like game. with the Falcons, it, you know. What what are the Saints going to be if you're if you're thinking locally in the NFC South? If, what are the Saints going to be? I I wouldn't be completely floored if they're a little bit better with Famous Jameis than they are with Drew Brees. I know people think that's insane, but Drew Brees was not good the last uh, or or yeah, their record with Brees was decent, at least decent. So yeah, they could they it could was good. But so so if the Saints, if you think they regress, and then like at some point this cannot just go on forever. That Tom Brady is good into his fifties and sixties. So mm. the Buccaneers is there room for the Falcons to make some hay? And Matt Ryan isn't he's not in his forties yet. This, I, right. He's the other guy. Like what what is he? I, as I always say, if, if he holds on to 28 to 3, we all understand he's going to the Hall of Fame. There's no debate about that. And then they de- mess his deal up so that he becomes untradeable to them, which is crazy, too, because otherwise I could see Kyle Shanahan saying, like, hey, give us the guy who I went to the Super Bowl with and we'll make a run up here in San Francisco. Wouldn't Matt Ryan be? Yeah. If, I could, if, if I said, hey, I'll give you Matt Ryan at this stage of his career for the next three or four years. Or you can roll the dice with Justin Fields. What are you doing if you're Kyle? I'm a Matt Ryan fan. Oh, that, that's yes. a tough one, though. But he's got a, what is he, 33? Matt Ryan? Maybe whatever he is. Yeah, he's not He's not the decrepit by right. any stretch. He has at least three or four. That's tough. Well, like I said, I'm always taking the Falcons anyway, and they always let me down. The, the fact, though, that they're probably going to have Kyle Pitts, best, greatest athlete in this draft, you know, head to toe. You go any, ask anyone, that that's their guy. He's certainly non-quarterback. I don't know. You take him. You got Ridley. Pitts, you got Julio Jones. Jones and Calvin Ridley. Sweet Jesus. That's Sorry what I mean. I don't know, that. but I, I feel like their defense lets them down more than anything. Like uh, eventually, you could have enough offense. Giants are going to go through the same thing, right? And Galladay. Oh, you're going to take. You're going to take. Uh, you know, Chase also or whoever's available there, wide receiver. Oh, uh, listen, that's sure. SEC country. They're more interested in the dogs than that's they are right. the Falcons, anyway. But what I would try to do with that kind of in the back of my mind, and people do ignore that, like it's all about just winning. At some point, you have to appeal to the to the crowd and and draw some attention for for a reason. Taking a backup to Matt Ryan to learn at the knee that's uninspired. If you're trying to draw uh, right. uh, people to come to your fancy stadium, and it is a glorious stadium there in Atlanta, I say distract the fan base with the shiny keys and just put up 40 points a game. Draft Kyle Pitts and keep Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and then just put have a, have a humongous fantasy season. If nothing, well, else that's happens. fun. That's definitely a fun team for sure. All right, uh, the Jenner trifecta and I tomorrow on Against All Odds are going to flush out this uh, this whole. We're going to give you like an hour and a half on draft props, whether you like it or not. Um, Dave, Excellent. I don't think you saw the UFC card. What was it, Jim? Two sixty one. I can't stand the feet, Sal. I can't stand all the bare feet um, what- and faces and everything. It makes me sick. You don't like the bare feet. Oh, even before they're crunching bones uh, or, or their own. But you you don't oh, you just don't geez. like looking oh. at bare feet. Oh, oh my I god. See. You know, I That's have a solution a for you. Leg breaks out. 
Jim, you brought it up on Twitter. You said that four memorable endings in this card. It was great. And the fans were back. And for the most part, they were yelling F Jake Paul, who was in the crowd and actually went nose to nose with Daniel Cormier before the card started. Like, this is going to be our life for the next uh, 10 years. Jake Paul's showing up. Undefeated Jake Paul showing up to all these events. But there was a lot of ugliness with busted up legs. Um, Who was it? We had, uh, oh, Jimmy Crute, who I think is going to be good against Anthony Smith. He got kicked and he wasn't walking right. And the doctor called that off. Chris Weidman against Uriah Hall. He did the kicking. And I don't understand how this doesn't happen more, but he kicked. Where was it? Right on the knee. Uh, his the, the, the ball of his foot right there on the side of his foot really just broke up. And uh, it was just a mess. You don't want to see it. And that was ended quickly. Uh, I have a solution for this because I'm squeamish with the leg kicks. It's enough for me to hear them. I don't need to see the compound fractures and all that. There should be a feed where they just show from the knee up and maybe fill Ah, that top third with live odds for these fights. But I don't need to see it. I don't know. Show show for the more squeamish, show a feed where we don't see the feet and we don't see the legs. Dave, you don't have to see bare feet. You don't have to see crumpled up legs in the process. And I think that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a pussy or anything, but I'm listening. I don't want to say I'm it. listening. I don't, I don't want to see it. And it was great. Uh, Mara, um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Do you go, Jim? Do you like that or no? I actually do. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> that's a good idea. Cause I don't <laughs> like seeing those injuries either. So I don't think anyone, even the hard hardest of hardcore UFC fans that you look at the tweets like oh that's ugly that's the ugliest thing i've ever seen i don't want to see this yeah you get a little sick to the stomach after a while right i mean you don't want to ban leg kicks altogether because it's part of the game but i also just don't want to see it i don't i I, it always for me um when you see those just like you know from theisman Mm -hmm. on up you know the any number of these you know paul george and whatever you know we've seen a million horrible ones did, were those happening 60 years ago and there's just not film of it? You know, it's it's the same sort of question as when guys keep having Tommy John surgery and all these. Uh, they, right. w- were those things there 75 years ago and they just didn't diagnose them like hey, pitch through it? Because it doesn't seem like guys have shorter career. I mean, uh, we're having short careers back then. Does it? The, uh, right. Or are they just they the sports weren't popular enough that. The guys who fell off after two years and never really, you know, reached their prime. We don't know who they are because sports weren't as popular. So yeah. It's very strange. I, like, I think you're right. I don't know. We definitely didn't see it as much, even in the 80s and 90s, right, where there's replay all the time. Yeah, I don't remember right. it happening as much. I do feel like more guys were uh, potentially um, paralyzed th- than, than happens today. Uh, oh, I see. I was just about to say, I know it's a grim subject. Yeah. I feel like guys get backboarded more now in pro football games pretty much every game. Yeah, I feel like oh, you see a guy yeah. get backboarded and they're like, hey, puts it all into prison, like the broadcasters doing like his team, mm-hmm. the other team, classy move. They're they're supporting him too. Oh, you know, the competition falls away when the really puts it up, bring, yeah. brings it into sharp focus for you. Like, yeah, we understand that uh, it's not good if that happens, but it feel, feels like it happens. Every game now versus when we were uh, growing up. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, maybe I'm thinking of the Mike Gottlieb thing. I, it maybe just resonates more when, when I was a kid. Jim, what happened with Weidman? He kicked. I'm trying to figure out what happened with his his foot. I don't. I don't know exactly the mechanics of how it happens because I won't watch the replays. Once it happens, I'm horrified. I, I know, but I, I feel like that's something I that can't should believe happen. They showed the replay. I just listened to them showing the replay. Yeah, they warned and, you ahead of time. But yeah, but, and the crowd. But why doesn't crazy? that happen every uh, third fight? Like I, I feel like that should happen thing. more. I, I feel NBA players should land on each other's sneakers more. Why yes. doesn't that happen, Dave? Uh, they just when you see ACL injuries yeah. for offensive linemen because they step on somebody's <clears> foot or whatever. Like, how is that not happening? That like uh, on one hand you're like, oh, it's such such a shame yeah. that that poor guy's season's over. On the other hand, I think like shouldn't that basically happen pretty much every sure. other play? It's weird. The worst one ever, by the way. It's got to be shouted out as Clint Malarchuk when he uh, when the skate hit him in the in the throat in the jugular yeah. on his throat and he just right there started bleeding on the ice. They saved right. his life. Oh, that was the grossest one of all time. It's, uh, the horrific leg breaks are 
or something. This one was even worse. Yeah, that was bad. Maybe spaghetti and meatballs can do a reenactment on uh, minus three something. Now, spaghetti's ready to do it. That's for sure. <laughs> the way his rangers are going. Hey, I wanted to tell, let you in on a little secret here. Crown Royal. You know, our friends over mm -hmm. at Crown Royal. They believe that being a royal fan this season means staying safe, generously supporting your community, and drinking responsibly while rooting on your team. That's how to crown your game day. And we, Dave, we're going to step up and announce our Crown Royal Athletes of the Week. My Crown Royal Athlete of the Week could have gone with Kamara Usman, could have gone with Rose Namahunas. Big upset. KD returns for 33. But my pick is your pick last week, and therefore our only back-to-back -back winner, Jacob DeGrom of my New York Mets. Friday night, 15 Ks, a complete game shutout against the Nationals. Check, his ERA is 0.3. Maybe, all right, 0.31. 0.31. And his batting average is over 500. I think he's batting 510. He has more RBIs than earned runs allowed. 50 strikeouts over four starts. He's throwing 101 miles an hour in the ninth inning. And here's what gets me sick. His career was squandered with this terrible Mets team. 73 wins. He's going to be 33 years old. 73 wins. I get angry because he could have, he should have like 220, 240 wins by now. I don't know why I get angry. He should make the Hall of Fame. I don't think it's a question. He's a Hall of Famer in my book and the Crown Royal Athlete of the Week. What do you think? Oh, yeah, he's going to the Hall of Fame, but I'm with you, man, that uh, that they didn't cash in with Ugh. some postseason runs with him out on the hump is a disappointment. I'm going to go with, I, I got to do, you got to let me cut mine in half here, close to, uh, to two ends of the professional athlete spectrum. First, a junior, Fernando Tatis Jr., in the mm. same stadium. His dad once hit two grand slams in the same inning. This Padre slash dad, Club five home runs in Chavez Ravine over the weekend, vanquishing uh, the Dodgers on uh, Sunday in a good rally there. Uh, just 22, this kid's going places. And then there's Kid Crosby, who's 36, believe it or not, and his team is going places, a.k.a. the playoffs, maybe all the way to the top of the hockey mountain, the way 87 and company oh. are playing. He became the third guy to average a point per game in 16 season. He is on the Mount Rushmore, the top five in the conversation for one of the very best to ever do it in the world of puck. Uh, here's to you, Sidney Crosby and uh, P.S. Bumgarner. That was obviously a no-hitter. What are we even debating? Yeah, that was dumb. I think there were like six shutouts yesterday. Oh, dad, I feel bad. You're getting very, very cocky with these Penguins. Very cocky. No, I'm not. I know what's no, going to happen. Not. Yes, you are. Guys, is it getting cocky? Joel nope. Solomon, is it getting cocky? Nope. One game at a time, keeping our head down. We're playing them as they come. You know, we know every team in this league is unbelievable talent. And, uh, you know, it's going to nah, take, a, you can't walk gonna it take back 60 now. minutes. It's going to take 60 minutes of, of playing the game the right way yeah. <laughs> uh, to get those two points. <clears throat> you had your Crown Royal Athlete of the Week, and you had to go far. You had to go too far and take your, your hometown hero there. No, I didn't. I took a junior and a kid. I thought that was nice. A junior and a kid? Is that how we yeah. do this now? I don't know. That's right. what I just did. Yeah. There you go. Tatis. There you go. That was it. I don't know. Listen, it's going to be delicious, Sal. It's going to be delicious. <laughs> I bet you got to get in on the puck now. You're going to be sad. These are going to be some great, great playoffs. All right. Crown Royal is a perfect addition to your NFL game day, your NBA game day, your NHL game day. But don't forget to stay hydrated and drink responsibly. For more tips on how to crown your game day, visit at Crown Royal on Instagram. Hey, Sal, two gambling things real quick. One, yes. I thought you really did just figure out this Trey Lance, the best bet to make there. So um, the three and a half, the uh, Mac Jones uh, over three and a half. Oh, Mac right? Jones over three and a half. Yeah. Isn't that the, isn't that the way to do it? And what I, I think said, that's that was a great two to one, one odds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to check yes. in there, you'll Slightly find your better. number. That's just good. fine. You, you may, you know, if you have to go by which team is going to draft your guy or however it is, look for your number on. Those are the Fandle. best odds. Many ways to and win. two, with the Bumgarner thing, I, I mean, that's such an extreme prop. Nobody ever bets this guy's about to throw a no-hitter anyway, right? Right. I mean, that that's a that's an impossible bet. But I, I do feel raw for him. Like what mm -hmm. what why is that not a no-hitter? On what level would you not measure that as being a no-hitter? It's a complete game, isn't it? Yeah, so, that's dumb. Uh, to me, something like that yeah. is 
who cares what the record books said? Like, you know, I know millions of fans saw the highlights and there you that, go. That, that's See? it. It's a no hitter. What am I supposed to do? I was out there for seven innings. They didn't make the game longer for me. They should have. I don't know. Seven. It's a weird year. And uh, I got the no hitter. And we should talk I, about that. Uh, Joel said, uh, brought this up. Ahead. And I texted you. That Penguins ending. Who do they have? The Devils? Yes, that was great. And I had the I had the pens at uh, minus a goal and a half and Crosby from uh, from the goal line all the the entire length of the ice as I mean, they had to look at it. And really on the replay, they were debating it on the replay. Like, so does the puck cross the goal line at point one or is it like they it, it was changing on the replay like well, they were like like yeah at one time they're like oh no it's it's double zero see it's over like oh no point one still it was it was really weird it was a it was a tremendous cover well i like to put do live odds on stuff right so it's it's three to two there's a six on four for the devils because they pulled the goalie and they uh they have a power play at the same time and they have i don't want to say an open net with five seconds left but they have uh your, your goal is off balance and they, they get it. And there's a, there's a pretty good shot, pretty good percentage shot. So with five seconds left, let's say devils are about to take this shot. What are the odds that the penguins cover one and a half? Boy, that's good. <clears throat> 10,000 to one. You don't even have the puck yet. <laughs> yeah. You're about to get scored on. There's a better shot that this game goes to overtime. than you cover the one and a half for sure. And yet that's it. And they, and the penguin all the way down the ice. And I thought it went in. Uh, even I did. The well, I did, and they counted yeah. it. Yeah. And by the way, that's a new thing, Sal. I know you. I I, I know you love uh, <clears throat> you, you love to do the bed aches and everything. People love to focus on the negative. I yeah. have a sunny disposition, as you know. Oh yeah. Um, and I think we should start celebrating the good ones, like that one. That was miraculous. Even do you believe in miracles? Thank you. It I, is pretty like, great. Thank I, you, Sydney. I don't. Crosby. Um. Yeah, I, I find that people don't care to hear about your winning ways that's true i know <laughs> and people don't like hearing happy stories they like hearing the uh the the sad ones because yeah. misery loves company or something or people like laughing at uh other people's failure one way or the other yeah it's uh yeah that was a great bet and by the way sal yeah. those are that is one of the best bets going we talk about betting on individual players to score goals if the penguins have a one goal lead late jump in on Crosby, mm -hmm. Gensel, or Russ. Choose which guy you like. You have a really good chance of coming through because they love running those uh, that top line out there with an empty net to try and shoot at that thing. It's kind of their reward, and they cash in on it to a crazy degree, uh, the empty net goals there late in the game, and the odds are tremendous. So I would say uh, you're, you're heading in the right direction. I like it. Hey, the extra points gang at gmail.com. That is where you could reach out to us to talk to us about our, our dumb gambling theories or what, how you think we handle these interviews and whatever you want, really. Someone wrote uh, a guy named B-Rod. I guess there is an A-Rod. You got to move on, right? You find mm -hmm. B-Rod. So he's B-Rod and he writes, hey, Dave, when you return back down from your perch on Mount Pius, I could teach you the proper pronunciation of the name Mario Lemieux. Go Hawks. Signed Brian. Wow, can you imagine all these years you've been mispronouncing Mario Lemieux's name? I don't maybe I'm saying it wrong too. Uh what's this guy's name? Nicola? I don't listen, nah. I, <laughs> his I, name I, is Brian, to, but B Rod. Maybe Brian Rodriguez. I don't know. Right, exactly. Listen, I'm not here, Brian, to to worry about B Road about your pronunciations of things. It's Mario <laughs> Lemieux. How do I know that? Because one Mo Damashek once said to Mario Lemieux. People sometimes say Mario. I want to make sure I say your name correctly. How do you say it? What did 66 say? He didn't say 66. He said it's Mario. Thank you. I mean, I, the, the, Mario. The, go, to, go to the guy himself. I love when people debate me on this one. It's ridiculous. And Mario Lemieux. Thank you. Mario's the video game. Mm -hmm. Mario is the best hockey Mario. player in history. Hmm. Yes. I haven't heard of Mario. I, I felt like every Mario I know says Mario. Co corrects you the other way. But all right. all right. Well, I don't know what to tell you. In uh, Quebec province, apparently, they went with Mario. So all right. I, I, I have no explanation for you beyond that. Sorry, B-Rod. The man himself says, uh, says Mario. There you go. The no extra, way, B-Rod. The extra points gang at gmail.com. Dave, you have a minus three out tomorrow and then again on no, Friday. No, actually, what? We're, we're recording on Monday. And oh. Eddie Spaghetti, who um, is listening to us right now, so perhaps he can be the voice of God and correct me on this, but mm -hmm. we're recording today with uh, with draft guru from the ringer, Danny Kelly. We're going to do a fun exercise, kind of like what we were just talking about with Kurt Warner. 
there of who, if every team had the first overall pick, who would these teams all take uh, from the NFC East, the AFC East, and the AFC North? Who nice. would they target? Because there is difference in taste and, you know, um, franchise preference mm-hmm. and everything else and, and need here in 2021. So we'll chop it up with him. Um, all right. It should be a good time. We're going to do two. We're going to do be a little ahead of schedule this week in deference to the draft on uh, on Thursday. So we're going to accelerate things Monday and Wednesday. I week. love Danny Kelly. I worry about, uh, is he going to get fired for coming on your podcast? His boss was uh, vanquished from the league. I don't know if people know the history here. By you. Whose podcast are you doing? I forbid it. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. This is going to be interesting. Poor Danny Kelly. Now we're going to have to find a, a position for him here at Extra Points. All right. Well, that'll be fun on minus three. Yes, against all odds, we're doing that draft prop segment. Not segment, the whole episode on Tuesday. And then Friday, we're coming back to talk about the first round. And there'll still be bets to make in, uh, on Friday and through the weekend with the draft. You know, you know, Kyle Trask will still be around. Mon, lots of guys. We, we think at least one of the top two running backs will be around there that's one of my careful just throwing those names around you're gonna like kyle trask now they're talking oh patriots like him i saw that yeah yeah didn't get him in the second round um but reminder to everyone out there even though you may feel like underdogs please remember you're all my favorites 